Today, on Commitment to Truth. The only thing that pleases God is righteousness. Our righteousness is found in Christ and Christ alone. Therefore, we please him because of what he has done. If the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if our Savior said it was right for me to have this public declaration, why should not? Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, By the Book on Ephesians, A New Community. In this series, our pastoral team will take us through the entire book of Ephesians to encourage us to understand our new community identity and to practically walk it in real life. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. So again, two uh, areas I will address today. The first is this, the non-importance of baptism, and the second would be the importance. So I think, let's go quickly with the non-importance of baptism. If you look first in Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 9, you, you'll see this. is number one, that baptism does not save you. Baptism does not save you. Super important. So the non-importance is that you you shouldn't be baptized to be saved. You see, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9 says this. It is for by grace you've been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should what? Boast. So if you would say today that, okay, I want to be baptized to be saved, i.e. even as an infant, if I want my child to be baptized to be saved, well, inappropriate based upon the scriptures, baptism doesn't save you. No kind of work. I don't care how much money you give. I don't care how much you serve in a local church. It will not save you. It's by grace. It's an unmerited favor of God. He just so graciously thought uh, not of himself, Lord himself, right? To die on a cross for your sins and my sins, to rescue us. It's by grace. It's a free gift of God. By grace and grace alone. There's no works that can ever save us. Amen? Yes. And then number two, you find also in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, baptism isn't, it isn't the source of closeness. In other words, you, you, it is uh, uh, not biblical to, to think that, okay, I get baptized, I'm going to be closer to God, relationally. Right? It's kind of like say, hey, if I cook for my husband, then I'll be close to him. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? If I cut the grass, then I'll be close to my wife. Or, you know, if I give my kids everything they want, then I'll be close to them. Maybe, no, works and Doing things does not draw you closer to him, especially the essentials of baptism. Ephesians chapter 2, again, verse 12 to 13 says this. Remember that you were, you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Anybody can relate to this? 
Then verse 13, listen to what it says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. So today there may be two groups of people that you may say, oh, wow, light bulb, Boop, right? That, oh, it's not what I do that our baptism will not draw me closer, right? But then there's another group of people that says, well, you know, uh, I now understand based upon these two passages of scripture that there is this decision and there's this um, thing, if you would, that he did for me that it's important for me to embrace prior to even considering baptism. You follow me? In other words, it's clear it says that there was a time that you were are, you are separate. So today there may be people who are separate from him. that you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That you're just on your own agenda, doing your own thing, however you want to do it, right? And some of us have, have been traveling down a path, a one-way street the wrong way, and not even knowing we're going the wrong way. But messages like this causes us to have a uh, a time to take inventory and say, well, maybe I have been doing this wrong all along. So I need to pause to be able to interject that opportunity for someone who says, you know, maybe I am still separated from Christ. Maybe I'm still far off, but I want to now come near. Because I've been doing things all my own way. I've not realized how wrong it's been. Make sense? So can we bow our heads, please? And if there's someone today who says, I need to draw closer to Christ or to God through Christ, I want to give you the opportunity. It, there's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you'll even be listening today. I believe because he is drawing you. It says, the kindness of God draws man to repentance, to realize that you've been doing it wrong. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you've been doing it wrong, but it's something wrong to not admit that you're doing anything wrong. So today, if you want to draw closer, you want to make sure that you are close to God through Christ there's a simple prayer that will accomplish this. It would, we will accomplish this in the prayer. One, admitting that you're a sinner. Two, asking God through Christ to forgive you and wash your sins away. Three, asking Christ and his Holy Spirit to come within to live and to rule and to reign as your Lord and Savior from this day forward. Three simple parts of the prayer. If this is you, just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. For I now realize I have sinned against you. But today I also realize that you came to die for me. You were buried for me. And you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, please come into my heart through the power of your Holy Spirit to live and to rule and to reign as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.
now you have been draw closer, drawn closer to him. Make sense? There's nothing that you can ever do to draw close to him outside of and through only his finished work. That takes all the work out of it because the work has been done. But then why is baptism so important? If you can look with me to, at Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 gives us our, our first uh, point, our first of three responses to the question, why is baptism so important? Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 says this. <clears throat> this is Jesus who is saying this. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus said to him, permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him, and after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lightning on him. And behold, a voice of, of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So here's the first answer to the question, why is baptism so important? Is that Jesus himself thought it was the right thing to do. Think about that. If Christ, who is perfect in all of his ways says this is something that I must do to fulfill all righteousness and then the heavenly father responded wow this is my son in whom I'm what well please the only thing that pleases God is righteousness and that's why there's no righteous people in this room including me our righteousness is found in Christ and Christ alone. Therefore, we please him because of what he has done. Make sense? So our challenge is to understand is that, man, if the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if our Savior said it was right for me to have this public declaration, why shouldn't I? If he's the model servant, if he's the model son, if he's the model child of God, why shouldn't I? Think about this. Everything is found in him because of him, through him, so that he can be first place in everything that he himself humbled himself. Why then should I let my, <laughs> my new hairdo <laughs> that I just got done prevent me? Right, I mean, that, that's how simple and complicated it gets, seriously. Why should I let fear of water? Believe it or not, that's how complicated it gets. You follow me, church? I mean, that's important. It ain't funny, but that's how important and complicated it gets. Why should I let because I'm in an unknown place and I don't really kind of know the people causing me to be afraid not to fulfill all righteousness. It's the right thing to do. Make sense? Man, if he courageously did it, he was perfect in all his ways. And he did it. Why shouldn't we? 
Two key words. He did this to fulfill all righteousness. This word righteousness permeates the scripture and, and it means this. The state of him who is at he ought to be. The beautiful thing about righteousness before God is we are as we ought to be. And baptism is that first step of obedience that allows us to align to be as we ought to be. Because if I choose not to obey him in this, chances are I'm not going to obey him in bigger things. If I can't have courage to do the right thing amongst others who are attempting to do the right thing, do you really think you're going to go out into the real world where everybody else is not doing the right thing and do the right thing? It's impossible. And then again, this pleases God. It says, I am well pleased. The great I am is well pleased means I am takes pleasure in your obedience. I am is to now be favorably inclined towards you. It's like any father and son relationship, right? Mother and child relationship. You do the right thing, chances are I will be favorable towards you. If it's the right thing for Jesus, it's only right for us. Why is baptism so important? Here's a second reason found in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. And remember, this is Jesus' farewell address to his close friends. And a lot of people don't understand that, that these are, if you would, his last words to his friends. And think about that for a minute, that if you were only going to see your friends for the last time, and you said there's something important that I would like to say to them and address. Believe it or not, he includes baptism. Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, people of every tribe, tongue, race, culture, socioeconomic class. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Think about that. He says teaching them to obey. Because the word disciple is discipline. Discipline followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's weird that he says, okay, the first part of what I want you to do as a disciple is be baptized. Then teach them everything. Because it's about, at the end of the day, to walk with Christ on this side of heaven, it's about obeying him more and more and more and more and more and more. Because he progressively gives us revelation. There's things that you know in part, understand in part, right? There's things you don't quite get yet, but the closer you draw to him, the more you learn of him, the more and more you understand the more and more, the more you become disciplined followers of Jesus Christ. So he says, make disciples. And part of making disciples is baptizing them. So today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, disciple of Christ, baptism is a part of what you should do. 
Then in Romans 6, 33 through 5, Romans 6, 3 through 5, it says this. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Right? And I believe Paul is, is, is really insinuating so many times we want to only be baptized in his resurrection. Right? That give me all the good stuff of, that comes along with following Jesus. But don't give me the hard stuff. So you're baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. Immersion, baptism. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So it's interesting, applicably so, is that you go down into full immersion, baptism here in the Greek, baptismal, full immersion, right? It's like dipping a cloth into dye. So you're going in and you're being fully emerged and it says then you come up in a newness of life. So it, it's, it's amazing how all the nuances in the scripture says, well, okay, well, there's this dying so that what? You can live. A seed must first go into the ground and do what? Die so that it can do what? Live. So it's amazing how God would say that there's this need to have a public baptism, public immersion that shows that what? Look, everybody, I'm doing what? dying to myself and I'm coming up in what? A newness of life. Amen. Lastly, listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 10, 32 through 33, please. It says, therefore, if everyone who confesses me, this word confesses me, or words confesses me means agrees with me before man. That's a tension with a disciple of Christ. When you're in the marketplace, will you still agree with him? When you have to make tough decisions, will you still agree with him? So he says, therefore, everyone who confesses me agrees with me before men. I will also confess him before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before man I would also deny him before my father who's in heaven. So the public baptism for those who believe is super important. And I think that's what we're trying to emphasize here. So followers of Jesus Christ should always be identified with their leader who is whom? Christ. Remember, uh, a lot of times you may hear me say and others say here is that it's like getting a team jersey. Right? You can, you can wear a what a manufacturer would say, an authentic Eagles jersey. No, you don't get an authentic Eagles jersey unless you play on the team. <laughs> you follow me? You don't get an authentic Eagles helmet unless you played on the team. So, sim right, similarly, right? I mean, it's no different. Remember, we talk about the wedding ring effect. Without this wedding ring, I'm still married to my wife. Yes. Amen. But you know what this says, everybody else? I'm married. I'm taken. So that's why if I don't wear it, I got some problems at home, right? <laughs> it's like, where's your ring? Where's your ring? You know? <laughs> hey, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Where's your ring? Where's your ring? It's like, oh, baby, I was working in the yard. No, you know? <laughs> you know? 
so, yeah, that's funny. But, but, but you follow me. It, it's the marital effect. It's, it, said, it symbolizes I belong to him. He belongs to me. And I'm not ashamed of it. And remember, it's so cool with God. It's almost like he says, okay, here's a safe environment where people you know are people who at least know me. Are people who are trying to do the same thing as you. Here's your dress rehearsal. Just agree with me publicly. Just agree with me around everybody else who agrees with me. And to me, that's just the sweetness of the grace of God. It's like, I'm not just going to throw you out there. But, hey, as a family, get together, make it public, do what you need to do. Agree with me so that you can learn how to agree with me when nobody around you agrees with you or agrees with him. And some of you have to go back to environments like that in your home, on the job, that there's a whole bunch of people that don't agree with Jesus, nor they agree with you. But you can't stop agreeing with him. And that's what baptism does. It kind of gives you that dress rehearsal, if you would. So again, why is baptism so important? Again, listen, man, Jesus did it. And he did the right thing, and it pleases God. And secondly, again, you know, it's just what a follower of Jesus Christ does. It's just be, this is what we do. This is just what we do. It's a part of our culture. It's a part of our DNA. It's a part of the family business. And then lastly, you have Acts 2, verses 3 through 8. This is what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. And remember, this is Peter who denied Jesus right, three times. Now, this is after the, uh, the uh, day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. They are now anointed, if you would, to go do the work of, of, of Christ. And then Peter stands up and he openly says this. Repent, each of you. And guess what? Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Or the proper vernacular here in the Greek is this, because your sins have been forgiven. Since you've repented, now that your sins are forgiven, next step, be baptized. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So again, we're not to baptize for our sins to be forgiven. But we, we are baptized because our sins are forgiven. There's an author who suggested this. Listen to what he says. He said, not, not that forgiveness of sin could be procured either by repentance or baptism. For this is only obtained by the blood of Christ. But the apostles advise these awakened, sensible, repenting, and believing souls to submit to baptism. That by it, their faith might be led or pointed to Christ, who suffered and died for their sins, who left them, meaning sins, buried in, this grave, in his grave, and who rose again for their justification from them, meaning the sins, all which is in a most lively manner represented in the ordinance of baptism by immersion. This is why we do, and this is why baptizing an infant 
is irrelevant. Because everything I explained to you, an infant cannot comprehend. Nor can they make a choice themselves. So that's why here in our context, we dedicate, we give them back. I.e. Samuel and Hannah, we give our children back to you to dwell in your presence forever because they belong to you. But we understand now that baptism, there's one non-negotiable reason for baptism. It's because your sins are forgiven once and for all. And if he's done that for me, man, what is the least I can do to please him? Amen. Thank you again for listening to our latest sermon series, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Through this series, we hope you are encouraged to understand your new community identity. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.